Welcome, 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 welcome to a noble society of young urban entrepreneurs sharing knowledge and building wealth. Welcome to the League of Hustlers. The hustle is in your bones, it runs through your veins. It's that ambition to do more, become more. You can feel it, you know you have what it takes, you know you can build a life you've been dreaming of. Time you live up to your potential. Welcome to the League of Hustlers. Welcome back to the League of Hustlers, ladies and gentlemen. You know what it is. It's the motivational podcast for the heavy hitters and the go-getters. Welcome back. Pull up a seat to the round table. I'm your co-host HT. And I'm CD Barnes. And this is the league of hustlers and today we have a super duper special special guest on the show are you ready hold on you ready everyone ready tracy (laughs) twinkie bird ladies and gentlemen let me read off (laughs) let me read off some of the accomplishments in case you don't know the name i'm not gonna read everything but Beats, that's one. One movie, Beats, Southside with You. Does this ring a bell? Being Mary Jane, does that ring a bell? Aaliyah, the princess of R&B, the Gabby Douglas story, Fruitvale Station, Sparkle. Am I ringing a bell yet? Stomp the Yard 2. Notorious. <laughs> right? And the list goes on and on. Yeah. Please join me in welcoming to the show, Tracy Twinkie Bird. What's happening, Tracy? Hello. How are you? Well, well, yes. well. How yes. are you? It's the question. Well, thankful. Thankful, thankful. The sun is shining and... All is well so far here. Yeah, good stuff. Beautiful, beautiful. Finding the good, finding the good. I know, right? And I don't know when you're listening to this, um, but right now we're dealing with this whole, the virus, the COVID-19, the Rona, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And uh, we're just just working through it, man. Taking it day by day and uh, taking advantage of the the opportunity to slow down, take a pause, and reset, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. truly. Wanted to chop it up with uh with, with Twinkie Bird. Such a momentous occasion. Such well, a thank you. Occasion. Very very much. Thank you. Yeah. What a nice um introduction. <laughs> That's a very. You, you nice should have heard the, the original one that I had planned out. Uh oh, there was more. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, those are, yeah, some just, those are the accomplishments. You know, what's interesting is I'm just a person. So when I hear the movies and the projects that I've worked on, which I'm thankful for, I am, um, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of Stomp the Yard. and, And sometimes I post a throwback picture on my Instagram and I remind people of the music videos that I did you know, in the eighties and the nineties and that I cast and, and the live performances. 
Didn't Whew. you work with Prince? I did. Yeah. I did a Prince right. Q-tip music video. I've done, um, oh boy, I've done Snoop Dogg. I've done Puffy. I've done Biggie. I've done so many. Oh my gosh. Elton John and Tupac. Madonna. Just so, so much stuff. And as I post those old pictures, because I've always been a picture taker. My grandfather was a picture taker, my father. And I just have that same kind of, let me snap a photo and keep these memories and, and snap photos. And then I start posting them. I'll never forget, I posted the picture from all the little kid lookalikes. I did this music video back in the early 2000s called Sky's the Limit. Was it early 2000s? Oh, maybe it was 1990s. Um, it was right after Biggie was was killed, and we did an all little kids version of Sky's wow. the Limit. So I had to cast all little kids lookalikes, and um, I posted I that picture. That. I remember <laughs> and people that. went off. They right. were just like, "You did that, and that too, and that." Like they just they're so surprised that a lot of the music videos that they've watched either on YouTube or that they watched back in the day on MTV, I was a part of. And now it means something. But when I first moved to Hollywood, they um, they treated me like it meant nothing. You know, as much as I loved what I was doing, it meant nothing to the casting directors here in terms of professionalism or mm. if what I'm doing is, was valid. It wasn't valid to them because maybe it wasn't speaking roles or it was a very interesting time. <laughs> mm -hmm. I could imagine. So how does how does that work? Um, being like a casting director, are you know, is it more so like an independent contractor type of thing? Are you like on your own and you find the work and then you know you and you accept jobs or is it for an agency? How does that work? Oh, okay. Well, a casting director, it's, you know, there are a number of different types. There's film and television, commercial, industrial, um, music video. You can be an independent contractor like myself. I've been independent for my whole career. Even when I was hired by studios or networks, I was still independent. And then there are folks, uh, men and women, there are casting people who are salaried that literally work for studios, networks, production companies that oversee. So they're usually VP of casting and they have their job is to over, oversee my job or to do the job on the corporate level and then hire those independent contractors like myself who do each individual show. So they oversee the whole a number of shows or a number of films, all of the films that are done by their, their studio or network, and then to divvy out those projects to handle paperwork. So there are different types of casting directors. Sometimes you'll see casting by and um, you'll see certain people's names on the projects who may or may not have had hands-on experience working with talent specifically, but who handle the overall paperwork, 
of and uh, contracts that take care of casting. So there are a couple of different types. The type that I do is a, quite a bit more hands-on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people I actually think- come in and audition for me. And then I guess like the next thing would be like, how did you like get into that? Is this something that you went to school for? Have you? Yeah, you can't go to school for it. It is OJT. You can't go to school for it. (laughs) You can. um, (laughs) I was inspired to do it because I've always wondered, like, you know how you literally follow the inspiration is something that a, a lot of people don't necessarily do because it could be going against what their parents taught them or what they believe to success to be. But I literally followed, I was working at an ad agency and I, and at the ad agency, I was doing secretarial work. I was an administrative assistant, um, uh, or what they call a legal secretary then in the nineties. But what I really wanted to do was to figure out who puts the people on television. Like who's the person that literally cast the actors that we see. I was always fascinated by that aspect. And once my brother got into the industry working for Spike Lee, I realized that it wasn't something that couldn't be done by me. I realized that it's something that I, I can literally reach for and do. And at the ad agency, wonderfully enough, we had a casting director who was in-house. So like I said earlier about the in-house casting, she was the in-house commercial casting director. And her job was to cast commercials 20, you know, 24-7. So on my lunch hour, I would ask her to sit in. I wanted to intern on my lunch hour. I'd eat my sandwich really quickly or whatever I had for lunch. And mm-hmm. sit in and learn learn the craft as much as I could from her, and watching and listening and looking at the paperwork and and so that was the beginning. And then I ended up sitting in on a casting session with the Pamper Babies because a child wouldn't get off my lap. I had a very cute little alcove area in the hallway, which is where I worked, and I had a lot of toys and games and things there. So the baby came over and sat down and it was the baby's time to audition. And since she wouldn't get up and leave, I brought her into the room and I learned what's happening inside that, beyond that door. And wow. Yeah. Because, you know, as my mother said to my third grade teacher, I'm not nosy, I'm inquisitive, (laughs) you know? It's so interesting how people will try to put negative words onto your child, especially mm. living in an all-white neighborhood as a kid. And um, and my mother would just flip those words around really quickly <laughs> and uh, showcase <laughs> how those things can be useful in life. So it's never that your child is nosy. Your child is inquisitive. And wow. I was inquisitive. So, so you started from a... I'm sorry. You you started from a lunch break. Yes. From your lunch breaks. That mm-hmm. is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, like seriously, like from your lunch break cuz in one of the earlier episodes we talk about this. We talk mm-hmm. about how like taking advantage of your downtime of uh, 
and the way that we started um the whole thing is that so so with the league of hustlers the whole mm-hmm. point of it was to document our entrepreneurial journey right? right and we're both working right and the mm-hmm. only free time that we had to essentially talk on the phone was like before work at lunch and after uh, work yep so the best time for us in terms of our family lives is on the commute to work right, right? and so we were taking advantage of that 20 to 30 minute commute um mm-hmm. to just you know document it right and right. so talk about how you need to take advantage of every opportunity that you have and don't look at it like um you don't have the resources you know you have to become resourceful right yes. and so to hear that you use that that like your lunch breaks right mm-hmm. to follow your dream is amazing <laughs> yep. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I did. I yeah. took my lunch two hours. I took two hours for lunch. Oh, wow. Each boss <laughs> each boss went to lunch at a different time, so they didn't know when I was uh. going to lunch. So I just took lunch from 12 to 2. Oh, no. Hey. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> Look at you now. Yes. Nice but that break. is brilliant. Yes. But that's brilliant, though, to literally... Yeah. I'm, I agree. Use the Use the time that we have and the commute that you have. I mean, imagine doing a podcast from your commute. That's dope. Yeah, man. I mean, we had we had challenges, right, with uh, the quality and stuff like that. But we just had a, a goal, right, just like you. We had a vision. We had a dream. We had a goal. And it's like, hey, let's just do it. No matter what, I have to do it. We have to get this out. You know, yes. and I'm sure you had those same thoughts. So let's fast forward to right yeah. now. I know uh-huh. you just um, right took a, a, a dibble and dabble. I wouldn't even say that. Like you went all in in terms I of did. your newest um, project, yeah. the Counter 1960. Yep. Which was amazing, by the way. You've been Thank doing. You. Um, well, yeah, you did the so, poster. It is amazing. And yeah, my wall. Yeah. Yeah. So did, hold on. Did you find the one that someone stole? No, though? no, I kind of saw you about that. Nope. Tell us about that. What happened? I, with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Someone stole our poster at Pan African Film Festival, Bruh. which is pretty amazing. Um, this is the first time it has ever happened. They were so surprised, but the poster had <laughs> in and of itself become a celebrity because people kept picking up the poster and taking pictures with it and posting it on Instagram. Nate Parker did it. Niles Fitch from This Is Us did it. Like everyone came by to see my film, a lot of actors and artists, and they would take pictures with the poster. Wow. And by the time the film festival ended and you're supposed to gather your things, get your USB and and get your poster and things like that, our poster was gone. And I told you now, (laughs) (laughs) now watch it pop up like years from now, right on eBay, a zillion dollars. Exactly. (laughs) Twinkie Bird's first project. (laughs) That is crazy. Like who, if if you're listening to this, you poster stealer, you. Yes. Okay. Bring that poster back. (laughs) I'm never going to return that poster (laughs) ever. And it's not like anybody signed it or anything. It'd be different if somebody signed it, you know, if the cast and crew like autographed it, but right. they just stole the poster. I, I can't wait to see what it's going to be worth in a couple of years. So that's going to be great. Cause I'm still directing and uh, I'm still shooting, but yeah. Yeah. 
so so tell us about that <laughs> tell us about that that journey right so making that transition from being a casting director right and mm-hmm. you're you're around all these directors and all of these yes. other professionals in the film industry Including so how my brother you, yeah, yeah. yeah right jeff bird we got to give him a shout out yeah. huge shout out to uh jeff bird the director mm-hmm. right amazing director so how yeah. did you make that transition right from casting director to writer producer director very good question. I I was um, a friend of mine, Angela Robinson Witherspoon. Um, she suggested that I shout out to Angela. She suggested that I take Richard Lawson's class at RLS Studios, and Richard Lawson was teaching a sixteen week course called a PDP Professional Development Program, which they teach on Zoom, by the way. Um, oh. Wow. Yeah, so people can take it whether they're in Los Angeles or not, if they're really focused and ready, because they're very particular about who they take in. It's a 16-week course. During that course, um, I'm, I was the oldest one in the class at that time. I was 49. And everyone else were young and already doing Vine videos and all kinds of things. And what he did in that course was to teach us how to develop professionally how to stop complaining and using excuses to keep us back and to to keep us down and how to push forward and push through and see the importance of every story, how to write, how to audition. I had to learn how to audition as an actor to get that feeling of what it's like, how to mm. produce, how to create a short documentary. And everything we did was three minutes or less creating, but... And we all created on our phones. We used the smartphone to create, to edit, to add music to everything. Yes. So it was a 16-week crash course of taking your life into your own hands. And by the end of class, um, a few of the students wanted to work with me on a short. And they said, "If if we do it together, if we collaborate... And we can all collaborate in our three minutes into one great short. So we collaborated and used each one used their three minutes and we made a nine minute short film. And that was the first, the counter. That was the first wow. incarnation of it because that's a story I always wanted to tell. And then uh, Ashley Jackson said it was a snoozer to tell the, the direct, the actual story mm-hmm. um, because young people... I, you know, they're young people. So I had to find a way to tell the story or to be inspired by the story of the A&T four, but make it present day enough to inspire our youth as well to look into that story. So then I, I love Twilight Zone. I, slept on it the next morning I just said okay I'm going to take you guys back in time and I told her that story and she said let's do it let's write it and that's what we did so she said let's do it bigger let's make it big so I took um we made it bigger we called on everyone and all the people that we knew and it took some time to create it but we made it bigger and it really touched people's lives yeah yeah and I had I've had the opportunity to see it 
and it's mm-hmm. really good. I love <laughs> the perspective. I love the fact that, you know, like that angle that you gave, like where you're basic, I don't want to give it away, uh, but you're basically taking like today's present day youth yeah. and, you know, yeah. taking them back in them time. In, yeah. in that scenario. Wow. I am all it's, about the sci-fi of it all. Yeah. And so to see the people at the screenings and the reactions, I mean, you go on a roller coaster of emotions. You do. Right. And you're just watching people, um, you know, in the audience just have these these like very reactions throughout the show. And at the end, it's old folks, it's young folks mm-hmm. and everyone is kind of coming together, which is what I think is the sole purpose of it, right? Yes. To uh, spark that dialogue between it the is. two generations. Exactly. I wanted to find the intersection between um, those that were on the front lines and current day young people, because we're not talking, we're not communicating. We're only high and by, and how was your day at school? But no one is sharing right. their stories. No one is really, and no one is asking your story either. You're sitting in the room with people who changed history, changed the way you lived your life. They're mm. literally at your Thanksgiving table and you don't even know it. Right. And what was so amazing for me, um, I went to the screening at A&T University, which is where, yeah. right, it all happened, right? Yep. And you had the, uh, you had some of the people, yes. some of the original Greensboro. Yeah. Yeah. For the two there. that are still living, the two that were still living were there and the sons of the other two right. were there. So amazing. that was the most yeah. amazing moment for better than any award. Any pretty shiny thing is when you literally touch lives and you inspire and you breathe life into a story that should be, I honestly feel like it should be a bigger film. It should be a feature. It should be a... Because I want to know what they were thinking. They could have died. They could have killed them in the middle, dragged them and killed them, and we never would have known. They could have literally... They put their lives on the line. Listen, in some of those scenes, like, you almost, like, like you tear up. Yeah. You know what I mean? To see, uh, like, Ashley Jackson, I mean, hat goes off to her... To see the the emotion that came across in the in the in the film, right? Yes. And, and to like, it's almost like in her eyes you can see her going back, yes. some kind of way, even though she yeah. never experienced it. You can see her connecting never with that and the it. pain and yeah. the shame and the the frustration and the anger. You know, like it, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Genetically, seeing as though she's Reverend Jesse Jackson's daughter. Genetically, she's she's been there, you know. Right. So, right. yeah, it's, it it comes out in her um, genetically, and um, and it it just was it was an amazing piece to be a part of, and now to carry through. My focus is to create an anthology series of those types of stories to highlight that our youth change the world Mm. it was through the youth right the youth really got on the front lines and they wanted to be a part of the movement snick um they wanted to be a part of the movement and what could they do and what did they do 
and we need to revisit that. That is so true. And so, how many how many awards or film festivals we've, has we've, it? We've 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 received five awards. The most recent was the Teaneck International Film Festival Audience Award. Um, we received a standing ovation at Martha's Vineyard, and I was met by a woman who was in SNCC. She was in a she wasn't in a wheelchair. She was in a walker situation. And she comes to that film festival every year. And she is an original member of SNCC. And she, wow. I, I couldn't, she gave me the just, she was like, you, you captured it. You did your research. I can tell you captured it. And um, to me, it's like, it's like what Ama Asante did in Where Hands Touch and Bell. And what Ava did in Selma, to me, those those accolades mean just as much to me, if not, they mean more to me than standing on a podium accepting any kind of award. Uh, right. But I've received five awards and for the film, including best cinematography, best actor, uh, best director, um, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable. I also met members of SNCC at the film festival in Nashville, International Black Film Festival in Nashville. And I sat on a panel with two. So the gentleman in the film, the piece that I used from Eyes on the Prize that was literally hit over the head, he was sitting next to me on a panel. The real person. I was in tears the whole time we were sitting on wow. a panel together. They told me I did a good job of my of my research. And I researched. I really did. I wanted to make sure that even though I wasn't telling their direct story, that I got in the history and the feeling of right. what they went through during that time. It's important to me. It's important to me to get it as right as possible. So important. So important. And so that's, you know, I mean, it's almost like you have this history of overcoming and trying new things and expressing your creative, um, you know, um, prowess, if you will. So what advice would you give to up and coming creatives from your actors to your directors to your screenwriters? Uh, I know we spoke before, like I'm in Mm -hmm. the process of uh, writing a script. And so so what advice would you give to uh, folks that are trying to, um, you know, break into this industry? Do it. Make Hollywood plan B. Do it. Do it on your terms. Get it done. Mm. Pay, pay little to no attention to the highlight reel unless it serves you. There's a highlight reel that we all are <laughs> watching about this, oh, make this one big movie and then Hollywood's going to come calling and give you your wildest dreams. (sighs) Pay little attention to the highlight reel. Pay more attention to who's silent. Wow. Pay more attention. I don't think people are really paying attention to Ryan Coogler. You're paying attention. Look at his moves. Ryan Coogler is quiet right now. Quiet. He's not always on Instagram. He's not always live. He doesn't even have social media accounts. Quiet. Biggest movie in a billion dollars. Big. Quiet. Planning you know, that's a very move. good point. 
planning his next. I'm sure people, I'm sure the networks and studios threw scripts at him. Did he take any and everything? Is he rushing it? Mm -mm. Quiet. Did he change his lifestyle? Is he living in Bel Air? Does he have some big old house? Nope. <laughs> but wow. you're not paying attention because you're used to the pretty shiny thing and the highlight reel of I got it. I'm here. I got mine. I made it. Look, mama. My, I got my, a mama, old... we made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a star on the walk of fame. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look, 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 look. <laughs> Shoot. Quiet. Look at, I mean, 50 Cent creating all of these projects in his, his own way. I, I wish I could say he was quiet, um, but he does have quiet moments and uh, getting some of these projects on the air. Not not easy, not easy tasks, but this for life show is really uh, it, it can be eye opening. So pay no attention to the highlight reel and really listen to what your true passion is, what your true calling is, and, because that's something that's missing. We don't need to see the the second or third version of something else. We need to see the ver the first version of what you're inspired to do, because that inspiration is a niche that's it's missing. I hope everybody listening really like absorbed some of that great information that just came out right there. Take time to kind of like unpack some of that, because that was very like powerful stuff there you know not going for everything or going for the popular things or seeking you know success isn't always uh coupled with like the popular things or popularity you know sometimes success is just you being you and you know delivering your the best version of you and the products and the services you know uh, how you deliver them that's what that's what we need and then we get the best version of those products because you're delivering it your way and the way you intended it to be i think that's like that's amazing totally. especially when you're talking about like creative works like these yeah um, what so inspired you with Truly, that, honestly yes with that in mind yes sir like we like to do you know, something different on this podcast. We invite all of our listeners to to take action. Going yes. on the days where we just listen and listen and listen. We want you guys to actually do something. Mm -hmm. I think this is like the perfect moment for the challenge. Woo! The Come on, challenge. challenge. Here we go. So with that, what do what would you challenge the listeners to do today? I challenge listeners, and I'm going to put this challenge out on Instagram as well, because you all have challenged me. I challenge them for one minute short films made on their cell phone. 59 seconds. Give me, give me 60 seconds of a story, anything, everything. It does not have to be Black Panther. There are short stories that we could be telling right now even though we are we are in our homes and you know under quarantine what kind of quarantine stories do you got there's, there's, there's got to be stories so let's do a hashtag quarantine stories 
What are we doing? Some of us are commuting. Some of us are Instacarting. Some of us are helping our parents, grandparents, our siblings, our children. What are we doing? How, what, if you're going to work and what does your job mean? And how does that, how does that work? I'm interested in stories because no story is small. No story is small. Come on, y'all. Hashtag quarantine stories. Let's go. Quarantine stories. There you have it. There you have it. Wow. I'm going to work on one too. Hashtag (laughs) quarantine stories. And we are going to do it. And just hit me up. Tag me. I am Twinkie Bird on Instagram. I want to see your hashtag quarantine stories. There you go. There you go. So do do you want to give a shout out to a fellow hustler, right? Your top three, top three hustlers. Anybody that you want to want to shout out right now. Shout out to my top three hustlers. Let's see. Mm -hmm. First, I would love to shout out Nate Parker because he is a hustler. Nathaniel Parker, you are a hustler for having the Nate Parker Foundation full of these young hustlers who make short film, who make feature film, who create who write, who donate their time. So shout out to him. Uh, Shout out for sure to my man, Keith Roberts, because he is a golf instructor and he is still instructing people online. I caught him yesterday instructing people. A young man sent him his video of his swing and Keith critiqued him and sent him his critiques back. So, (laughs) yes, and shout out to last but definitely not least, all of the medical professionals, postal workers, cashiers, everyone, doctors, nurses, teachers, everyone who is giving of their time, continuing to move forward during this time and keeping us all sane online or in the grocery stores or in, in, in the drug stores, just keeping us safe, Amazon all the good ones in Amazon who are doing their job, UPS, FedEx. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout out to all of you. Thank you. For sure. All right. There you have it. It's the League of Hustlers. League of Hustlers. Right? Stay in touch. Make sure you execute on these jewels that were dropped. And we just want to say thank you so much to Twinkie Bird. You are amazing. Keep up the good work. Keep hustling. Keep getting to it. Yes. Will do. Thank you, gentlemen. And before we go, before we go, we're going to come back and do a second interview to discuss her latest project, a book called Channeling Becky. Channeling Mm -hmm. Becky. Uh, And what's cool about this book is that it was composed from... Um, a series of her Facebook posts, right? Um, and she called the Facebook posts uh, the Dating Chronicles, which uh, basically was like a, a, a long trail of <laughs> Facebook posts of her going on dates and talking about what happened on those dates and talking about all the people that she ran into. Right now, the book is um, on Amazon. So if you want to go ahead and, and pick it up, it's not a long read. It's kind of a short read, but it's really funny, really interesting. It has five stars already. Um, but yeah, we're going to come back and talk about that. And um, yeah, so look out for part two of this interview with none other than Tracy Twinkie Bird.
right? Mm-hmm. Well, we discussed the book Channeling Becky. Let's get to it. All right. Get at y'all next time. Signing off, League of Hustlers. League of Hustlers, we out. Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for listening to this episode of the League of Hustlers podcast. We just wanted to remind you to subscribe, share, like, favorite, whatever you need to do to stay plugged in. It's a motivational podcast for the go-getters and the heavy hitters. What's happening? Stay in touch. And if you have any needs, hit us up at questions at leagueofhustlers.com. Also, check out the website, leagueofhustlers.com. It's a cool vlog of motivational videos. We're all about that motivation. You know the drill. Now, go get it. You can do this. You are unstoppable. You are calm, calm, calm. There is no one like you. Nothing can slow you down. You are worthy. You are special. You know no limits. You are successful. You are prosperous. You are focused. You are funny. You are fly. You are driven. You are amazing. You attract great opportunities. You are surrounded by your abundance. You achieve all your goals. You hustle. You endure. You try.